Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. My returning guest today is John Dyer. John is an author, coach, and trainer with 39 years of experience in the field of improving processes. John is the author of the book, The Facade of Excellence, Defining a New Normal of Leadership, where he examines the four leadership styles required to move an organization's culture to one of trust, collaboration, and teamwork. John started his career with General Electric and then worked his way up to a corporate VP of global global improvement uh, for the organization before starting his own consulting company, which he now uh, consults for many different organizations uh, in many different areas. But he had the opportunity to study with several leaders over his career in the continuous improvement field, such as Dr. W. Edwards Deming, Brian Joyner, and Stephen Covey. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, Patrick, for having me. I, I enjoy these podcasts with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm super excited uh, to have you on because we're getting very close to the Lean Solutions Summit, where you will be one of our speakers uh, that, that will be leading. You'll be leading a couple different workshops, actually. Uh, I want to give a little teaser today uh, for those that are listening in on a few of those uh, workshops that you've been leading. And it, probably one of my most favorite uh, is the Red Beat Experiment, which, um, you know, I've been in, I've I've been involved with in the past. I've facilitated it myself. Uh, but you have something special that you bring to the table, and that is the fact that you actually uh, were part of the workshop, the Red Beat Experiment, led by Dr. Deming himself. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, uh, early in my GE career, I got the opportunity to um, go into one of those dream jobs where they asked me to travel the country and collect best practices as it related to team-based improvement. So this is back before Lean was even known or or Six Sigma. Uh, TQM was just really just getting off the ground, total quality management. Uh, so I got the opportunity to go uh, spend time with Dr. Deming. I actually got to go to several of his classes and I got to see him do the red beat experiment twice. Uh, and the second time I actually wrote down every word he said, uh, you know, this was back before cell phones and video and all that. So in order to capture uh, as much as I could, the essence of the experiment, mm. I, uh, I wrote it all down. Actually, I, I found this in my, uh, bookcase uh, hold it up to the camera you can see oh, wow. notes oh, and pages okay. and pages and pages of notes of when he did it and and what i tried to capture was some of his humor too you know dr Deming was a professor of statistics and uh when i saw him he was 90 years old oh, leading uh you know a four-day class almost entirely on his own for 750 participants Wow. And um, like I said, that was the second time I saw him do it. And I was like, you know, this is a special um, event and I wanted to make sure I captured it the best that I could. And I've now done the Red Beat experiment many, many times all around the world. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, a, it's it. there's a still a lot of learning yeah. that can be done through that. 
Oh, absolutely. And and so I'm curious if you could, I know that during the workshop at the Lean Solutions Summit, you'll be walking through, you know, in detail, all of the different lessons and actually th those participants will be experiencing the red beet experiment as part of that with right. some of uh, Dr. Deming's lessons and with some of his humor as well, which I know you share. Uh, but could you just share with our audience, maybe some of the lessons that, that he specifically wanted them to hear uh, when they went through the Red Bee experiment? Right. You know, um, at General Electric, I actually had the opportunity to go through their manufacturing management program for two years. Okay. Right. Where they taught us all of the GE ways of managing people. And then a, a few years after graduating from that program, I had several re people reporting to me and and I had already gone through uh, some additional management training with GE. And that's when I started getting interested in this whole idea of teamwork, building teams, uh, that sort of thing. And that's when I got to go meet Dr. Deming. And I tell you, when you look at a lot of Dr. Deming's teachings at that time, um, they were radical compared to what most corporations were doing. And you know, he put out his 14 points of, um, of management. And I remember taking those 14 points to a group of GE executives and sitting down with them and going through all 14 points and asking the question, which of the, uh, you know, uh, how many of these 14 points are relevant to General Electric? And you got to remember, this is in the early 1990s. They yeah. could only agree on one of them as being wow relevant but fast forward to today and there are still some points on the list that would still be considered radical mm -hmm. and the red bead experiment kind of helps explain why those points need to be taken seriously even though they are 180 degrees counter to what most corporations do even today so i'll give you an example um Point number 11 uh, is to eliminate numerical quotas uh, and eliminate numerical goals for management. Hmm. That's, uh, you know, even to today, that's radical. Uh, another one, point number 12, remove barriers that rob people of pride of workmanship and eliminate the annual rating and merit system. Hmm. Think how many companies still do annual ratings of all their employees. Now, you know, again, I get pushback on this all the time. It's like, well, wait a minute. How could we possibly eliminate our annual rating? How do we know which employees did well and which should get raises and which should get promotions? But when you go through the red bead experiment, you start to realize that many of the successes or failures of our employees are directly tied to the number of red beads they encounter in the system that management has designed to give them, right? right? So you may have your best employee encounter several red beads, and by red beads, we're talking about you know, breakdowns, failures, quality issues, problems. Um, and they may on paper look like they're doing awful 
because they've encountered so many red beads just by happenstance. Mm. So in, in, in a way, you may be, um, you know, really tearing down your best employee and not giving them a raise, which gets them frustrated and they may leave the company. And then you put someone new in that role and they do just as bad because there's still those red beads in the system. Right. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Deming was um, uh, a bad system will beat a good person every time. And that's really the main focus of the red bead experiment. Right. So true. Yeah. And, and I use that quote a lot myself as well, um, because I see it so often, uh, you know, uh, people don't, I, I, I like to say people don't come to work, you know, wanting to sabotage the, the job. They don't come to work wanting to do a bad job. They come to work and they want to do a good job. They're trying their best to, to give their best at work. Uh, it's unfortunate, but many are working in broken systems. And yeah. you know, so I, as leaders, as managers, uh, it's our job to figure out how to help them be successful. That's exactly right. And, and, and sometimes, you know, we'll encounter those employees that are gruff and negative and, and you think, man, you know, what, what are they still doing here? And then you start to realize that it's because of years of being neglected, of poor communications, lack of trust, of poorly designed system. And, and sometimes when you really sit down with that person and ask them, you know, what would you do different? They'll have a lot of really good ideas. And then you're like, well, why haven't you shared those? And it'll be like, oh, I've tried sharing those many, many times and no one will, will listen. And you're like, wow, no wonder you're a negative person because you've been put in a position of failure versus, again, Dr. Deming talked about this a lot. How do you develop that sense of pride of workmanship? Well, the only way to do that is to form teams, get the inputs from the employees, get them engaged, uh, let them take ownership, and then address those red beads one at a time, knocking them out, knocking them out, knocking them out, until finally you get a system that is, you know, knocking it out of the park every day. And then all of a sudden employees feel good about coming to work because now all of a sudden those issues have gone away and they don't worry about am i going to get you know blasted today from my leaders because of something that i had no control over right so true uh and and you know obviously we i don't want to i don't want to uh, spoil too much with the red beat experiment uh but it's a it's a fun exercise. The other thing that that I think is important to to mention, you know, while we're talking about this, is that the hands-on aspect of the red bead experiment, uh, and and which is why you know it's a it's a workshop, obviously. But uh, when I was in Japan just recently, uh, we went to uh, a Toyota supplier, and uh, we walked out into the the manufacturing area, and they had this um, this like glass. Uh, I don't know, box on a pedestal and they had us come over to it. And inside of this glass box, they had a, a boot with the front side of the boot cut off and they had a, a big, big heavy weight 
that you could lift up and then drop and it would come down and hit the top of the the boot and it and you could switch out the 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 steel toe boot with a non-steel toe and and it was a way that they were they had created a hands-on experience for new you know new employees that are onboarding to be for them to be able to see the importance in this shop of wearing steel toe boots like not just telling them but actually having them lift the weight and drop the weight onto the boot and you seeing it like smash the boot um and so i i it just made me think about that when i'm thinking about the red beat experiment any hands-on activity um what do you think is the power you know behind these hands-on activities specifically for the red bead experiment you know the visual teaching technique uh i mean why is that so important with a lesson like this that we use this this uh hands-on technique to teach it right well you know as you mentioned in the introduction i've been at this now for quite a long time and have had the opportunity to do training classes all around the world and it doesn't matter if I have to do it with an interpreter and a different language and a different culture. Uh, whenever you do something that is uh, tangible, it's easy to see, it's something people can do and feel, it resonates more and it's remembered more by those folks. So, you know, uh, again, when you think about adult learning, right, the old, the old saying about, you know, you learn only a small percentage of what you read, you only learn a small percentage of what you hear, but you retain a high percentage of what you actually do, what you actually are part of. And I'm a big believer in that. So like all of my training classes are very hands-on, very interactive. You know, it's one thing to talk about what a process map is as an example, as a tool. It's a whole nother thing to actually do a process map and use that to identify where opportunities for improvement uh, are occurring. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's very cool. We need to start doing more of that tool. Um, so over the years, I've had the opportunity to develop a lot of different activities that try to highlight as many of these different uh, tools, techniques, methodologies for Lean and Six Sigma uh, so that people walk away going, oh, okay, now, now I get it. Now I, now I understand why, uh, why that's an important concept to remember. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, uh, hands-on is, is by far the most powerful. And, and again, like I said, Dr. Deming uh, believed that as well. I, I, in his classes, he did several of different techniques to drive points home that were engaging you know I, I remember one where in order to show variability the impact of variability he uh you know had people hold uh, the the ropes of a funnel and they dropped balls you know marbles down the the funnel and plotted it on paper where the where the balls hit to show how the variability of a process can greatly um decrease the ability to make good quality product so, um, so yeah, they were, uh, you know, and again, those are those things. I mean, you got to think I went through this training 35 years ago and I still remember it like it was yesterday. Hey everybody, this is Patrick. So sorry to interrupt this episode of the Lean Solutions podcast, but I have an important question. Are you tired of the old ways of doing business? 
feeling overwhelmed by inefficiencies and wasted resources. It's time to transform your approach and embrace the power of lean methodology. Welcome to our revolutionary Lean Solutions Academy with courses on lean methodology. Whether you're a seasoned executive or just starting out, our courses are designed to equip you with the knowledge and skills that you need to streamline your operations and maximize your success. Our courses are packed with actionable strategies and real-world examples to help you apply lean principles to your own business. You'll learn how to optimize your workflows, reduce lead times, and deliver value to your customers more efficiently. From value stream mapping to 5S methodology, Six Sigma courses, Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt, Lean Six Sigma Green Belt, Lean Six Sigma Black Belt, we cover all the essential tools and techniques used in Lean. You'll gain a deep understanding of waste identification, continuous improvement, and problem-solving methodologies. Our online platform allows you the flexibility to learn at your own pace from anywhere in the world. With high-quality video lessons, interactive quizzes, and downloadable resources, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. By enrolling in our Lean courses, you gain a competitive edge, increasing your operational efficiency and unlocking your business's true potential. Join the ranks of successful change agents who have embraced Lean and revolutionized their organizations. Enroll today and you'll get $100 off your first course, which practically pays for any of our e-learning courses. We want to make it so easy for you to jumpstart your lean journey. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Visit our website now and claim your discount at www.findleansolutions.com forward slash academy. Now, back to the show. Amazing. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I uh, That's another one that I really... I like because you have all the different ropes, which every one of those is adding another level of variability. And then you have you know, the funnel itself. How big is the funnel? How deep is the funnel? Uh, the marbles, how, you know, how heavy are they? How, you know, what, what's the diameter difference? Uh, how, what's the height of the, the funnel to the ground? I mean, there's just so many variables, right? And it's the well, same within business. Right. I mean, even, even the variability of uh, identifying where the marble hit on the paper. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. So even even the data could have variation in it. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's multitude of, of variability. And uh, you know, one of the lines from my book that I I really like is I put in there that a, a good leader doesn't believe in good or bad luck. They believe in good or bad systems. Mm-hmm. Right. If you have a lot of variability, then you are um beholden to the good or bad luck of that system uh versus pulling the team together mapping it out identifying the where that variation is coming from and then slowly getting rid uh, or reducing those um pieces of variability that then create a system that becomes so robust you no longer have to be concerned about luck Exactly. Yes. Uh, and, and, uh, obviously, you know, great, great, uh, you know, different types of activities. I mean, we just mentioned a couple of them, uh, but you also, there's another one that you conducted at, uh, the AME conferences last year in Dallas, you and I were together and you're going to bring that one to the lean solution summit as well. 
uh, and that's the leadership experiment. So this is one that you've been you've been developing. You've you know you've kind of I don't know that you've perfected it yet, but I I think you keep improving it. You know every everywhere you go, and it's a really really great uh, experiment or activity. Can you talk to us a little bit about that one and and what what that's about? Yeah, and and, and this will be a, a tremendous teaser, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> because the I I do believe the leadership experiment will answer the question, why do most lean initiatives fail mm. or are not sustainable? Oof, that's a good one. Good yeah. question. And I tell you, and, and it, it's actually based on a question I ask at the end of the leadership experiment to the audience. And every time I've run this, they conclude uh, and come up with the exact same answer. And not one they like, but one that they're like, oh, this explains a lot about why we've struggled to keep our team-based improvement efforts like Lean and Six Sigma going for the long term. Oh, yeah. You might get a, you know, a big dose of it up front, get a lot of excitement, bring in some consultants, do some training get a few wins under your belt. But there are many, many examples of lean initiatives that begin to, you know, peter out over time and uh, and eventually fail. And and then later on, when you try to re-engage the employees, they're like, you know, why should we bother? Because uh, clearly you're not serious about, you know, getting us uh, engaged. Right. So, um, so yeah, the leadership experiment, we, you know, you mentioned that in my book, I talk about four different styles of leadership, mm-hmm. the leadership experiment demonstrates though, those different styles. Um, it's kind of in the same vein as the dimming red beat experiment. I asked for some, you know, volunteers, uh, to participate in the activity and, uh, and someone, you know, that's very brave to step forward as the leader and, um, and we the they they're given a task to accomplish and uh in the uh there's several different rounds but in one of the rounds the the leader uh acts like a dictator and uh and you know usually the task is very painful to get done it takes a long time and then we go through a few more rounds and then they get a chance to be an empowerment leader Hmm. And the results are starkly different. Wow. Um, and uh, but then I asked the question, which of the different types of leaders would most likely get promoted in your organization today? Hmm. That's the question that to me, that is the fundamental root cause of everything associated with um a successful lean initiative has the corporation discussed and agreed upon a change in the criteria of who gets promoted or who gets hired from the outside to fill um leadership positions within the company Mm. and that's the main thing we'll be exploring in the leadership experiment wow uh powerful uh so 
can I ask without giving away too much information? Because obviously we want all of you that are listening to come attend the Lean Solutions Summit mm-hmm. in October, October 2nd, 3rd and 4th. Uh, but without giving too much information away, can you share with the audience uh, a little bit about maybe some of the uh, the outcomes or the comments, discussions that have happened in past workshops? You know, what what were some of the findings or some of the lessons learned, things that people walked away with that you would say are worth highlighting? Right. Well, a- again, first we'll talk about the four different styles and, yeah. and that's important, you know, to, to start putting some context around, you know, we, we talk a lot about the importance of leadership, right? And, and the ability to get lean implemented. In fact, if you look at the Deming's 14 points, uh, almost all of them have something to do with leadership. Uh, so even Dr. Deming saw the importance of changing the culture. And the only way to do that is to change how leaders uh, interact with their uh, employees. So uh, so we'll talk about the different styles of, of leadership. And believe it or not, each style is appropriate at certain points in the growth of the organization. And that's another thing I think companies um, don't do a, a good job of. You know, they, they want to go from zero to 100 in a nanosecond without allowing the organization to grow and mature. Um, and, and then all of a sudden it falls apart because they rushed it too much. And uh, and then they say, well, yeah, see, I told you uh, engaging the employees and, and empowering them is uh, a waste of time. And then they go right back to the old way of doing things. So we'll talk about a the natural progression that an organization needs to go through, which of those leadership styles are most conducive to uh, team-based uh, improvement, and then what are the roadblocks that prevent organizations from uh, achieving that empowerment type culture um, and 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 ultimately will lead to the failure of the lean initiative mm. love it love it well i'm excited to have you uh up here in michigan october 2nd 3rd and 4th it's going to be it's going to be a powerful summit uh with the inaugural workshops it's the first, right? The inaugural Lean Summit. I, I tell you, I'm excited to be part of the, the first one because I'm telling you, this is going to get big. And, yes. you know, in a few years when you're, you know, completely sold out and turning people away, I'll be able to say I was part <laughs> of the first Lean Summit in Michigan. That's right. Exactly. Uh, and not just the first, but John, for those of you that are listening in, uh, John and I have been talking about uh, even, you know, what's to come in 2024, 2025. I mean, we're already starting to dream about uh, how to make this summit even more powerful than it's going to be this year, which is going to be hard to beat because it is going to be amazing this year. Uh, we have Chris McChesney is actually opening the, for the summit. Uh, he'll be our opening keynote, and he is the author of Four Disciplines of Execution, uh, I saw him first speak at the uh, Global Leadership uh, Summit, which he just blew me away. And uh, I just, he is amazing. So, I mean, it, we have 
you know, 20 plus other speakers that are just amazing. Uh, and obviously, you know, yourself leading yourself and others that are leading some of the amazing workshops and great tours. Uh, but just, uh, again, as a teaser, throwing this out there, John and I have been talking about 2024 and how do we make the summit even better uh, than, it, than it was in 2023. So already we're, you know, this is how continuous improvement uh, professionals conversate. <laughs> uh, right. so, John, uh, give our audience just a little bit of a teaser. And obviously I want to, I want to throw this out there. We, we haven't worked out any details yet. This is just a experiment that we're discussing. And, uh, but I do want to throw it out there because I'd love to hear our audience's thoughts on this. Give, give us some feedback on what you think, but what we're considering is a, a lean team-based process improvement competition. Uh, and so again, John, fill us in, tell, tell us, tell our audience a little bit more about that. Right. You know, and, and it actually ties into some of the things that we were discussing earlier, right? How do people best learn? Um, so, you know, I've been to many, many conferences, just as you have, and a lot of those conferences have, uh, you know, tremendous plant tours where you get a chance to walk through uh, a plant, maybe one that's doing really well with their lean initiatives. So you can kind of see what the end result should look like if you're starting down this journey. And in some cases, that can be pretty intimidating for folks, mm -hmm. right? If I'm just getting started and I'm now walking through a plant that's been at it for, you know, five, 10 years, and it's like, whoa, you know, this is this is a bit overwhelming. And one of the questions I hear a lot of people ask is, well, how did you get started? What were the steps you went through? How did you approach, you know, fixing this and, and tackling that and addressing that problem? And it got me to thinking um, that another way people might really appreciate how lean gets implemented is to watch a team come together and tackle a particular lean problem uh, and, and see the steps that they go through. So uh, again, and, and we're seeking some feedback here from the audience. First question would be, you know, are there any plants out there that think they'd be interested in sending a team of folks to a conference in order to um, participate in a, a lean competition. And then second is, um, you know, do you see uh, merit in having the opportunity to watch a team uh, tackle a particular uh, situation, almost like a mini Kaizen event, mm -hmm. but real time in a very accelerated format, you know, maybe, you know, just a few hours instead of a few days and and have a, a competition element to it to see which team can rise above the others and and use the most appropriate lean tools in the most effective way. And then actually part of the competition I'm envisioning would uh, be to put together a uh, uh, an assembly type process. And then we have each of the teams run that assembly process to see how well they're able to meet the needs of the customers. 
Mm -hmm. You know, can they uh, uh, hit the models that are needed? Can they uh, hit the tack time that's needed? Can they uh, do it with a minimal amount of inventory? Um, you know, how many examples of visual management techniques are they able to utilize? Um, so again, we'd want to do it in a very professional way. Um, you know, maybe maybe we're um, putting bikes together that could be donated to a local charity. You know, mm -hmm. something in the, in that kind of a vein. Right. Um, but we're just in the idea development. You know, we're in the plan of Plan Do Check Act. <laughs> That's right. right. So part of the plan is uh, getting feedback from folks. What do they think? Do they think that this would be something they'd be interested in or right. interested in observing? And uh, not only that, but also uh, we want it to be valuable for uh, anyone that's attending the summit, you know, from any industry. So, you know, would a manufacturing example be the best or maybe there's a couple different examples or how do we keep it? you know, to where it, it will be valuable for all those in attendance. Uh, so again, very early in the planning stages on this, but uh, we wanted to throw it out there, uh, see if we could get some feedback from from those of you that are uh, listening in. And you, you can email uh, our office, office at findleansolutions.com with any suggestions on that. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are uh, for next year. Um, so with that said, John, I want to kind of uh, bring us back around uh, full circle here. Uh, I appreciate your time, uh, the Red Beat experiment, the leadership experiment, two amazing uh, activities that uh, you will be leading at this year's Lean Solutions Summit, October 2nd, 3rd and 4th. Uh, I appreciate your uh, willingness to share some teasers with us on that, uh, but definitely would uh, suggest everyone listening in uh, come and uh, sign up for John's workshop. Uh, he'll be running his the Red Beat experiment and the leadership experiment uh, back to back. So you could literally sign up for both of them and never even get out of your chair. Well, I can't say that. I can't say you won't get out of your chair, but you might be you might be involved in one of these uh, activities. Would you agree, John? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I will drop uh, I'll drop a link to the summit into the uh, show notes so that you can register. If you actually use uh, John's last name, Dyer, and the number 20, you can get 20% off on your registration uh, and, and then uh, be sure to register for his workshop, uh, either the Red Beat Experiment or the Leadership Challenge, either one, uh, or the Leadership Experiment, sorry. Uh, either one will be available uh, on October 4th at the Lean Solutions Summit. So with that said, John, thank you again. I appreciate having you back on today. I uh, love chatting with you and just hearing your heart and uh, your willingness to share uh, with the rest of the, the, the continuous improvement community. Uh, thank you for your amazing book, The Facade of Excellence. I will also uh, make sure that we have a link to that in the show notes. For those, so for those of you that are hearing John for the first time, you can go back and listen to his other episode where we, we talked about The Facade of Excellence. Uh, and you can go to the show notes and find a link directly to his book. So, John, thanks again. And I will see you in October. I look forward to it, Patrick. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.